Good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 96 and we are going to take a look at Psalm 2. And I'm going to be reading from the King James version. So again, a really beautiful Bible. Got it from actually got online from a different company, but it is Barnes and Noble that printed it and again it has those beautiful illustrations by that Frenchman from the 19th century. So let's go ahead and take a look here at the at the second psalm. So again, this is the King James version. So it's very I would say Elizabethan. So it might sound slightly different English, but we will take a look at it. So here we go, Psalm 2. It says, "Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me. And I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron; thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings; be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed. are all they that put their trust in them or sorry in him i'm sorry i'm stuttering let me re let me reword that i can do better verse 12 kiss the son lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little blessed are all they that put their trust in him okay so Very interesting psalm here. So let's go back to the beginning and kind of dissect this a little bit. So it says, "Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing?" When I reread that a couple weeks ago because I was reading through the book of Psalm again, I just thought that rings very true to what's going on in our day and age. We have many heathens that rage. And I it's not like I walk around thinking or saying heathen there, heathen there, heathen everywhere. Not by any means, but There are many people that live a very heathenistic lifestyle and if you're living a heathenistic lifestyle then you are what you are living. So these people are heathens and what's interesting is that they are living this lifestyle in very much a rage. Very much so. Meaning uncontrolled with wrath and anger. Very intense. Like whenever you say someone is enraged Like that's not just a slight irritation or someone's just a little angry like it, it's intense, right? Then it says and the people imagine a vain thing. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the um the articles that I've read about AI, artificial intelligence in regards to making pornography and all this fantasy stuff. I think it's very dangerous to imagine vain things and to let your imagination just run wild. God gave us an imagination but to do good not to do evil. So if ever you find that your imagination is going off the deep end or it's focusing on bad things, evil things, or even just kind of stupid things, 
you need to have control over your thoughts because your thoughts typically become your words and your deeds. That's what this is saying here. Goes on to say the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. You know, what makes you think that theocracies are these great organizations or institutions that honor God all the time? There are many monarchies that have dishonored God over the years, especially in times past. Most monarchies these days are just figureheads and for good reason. But it's very interesting whenever you have I would say just a few monarchies controlling the entire planet and that's how it used to be hundreds of years ago. Thank goodness for our founding fathers creating and founding the 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 United States of America. I'm trying to think of another way of saying it. I was going to say the Constitution of the United States, um the amendments, the Bill of Rights, like there's so many things that they did. Like a lot of people don't realize this and that's why I was stuttering. A lot of people don't realize just what all happened to create America. It didn't just happen overnight. I mean, the colonists fought, they fought a revolutionary war. And it was brutal. It was not easy. It was very intense, it was very rough. Because they were going against their king and their queen like they were going against a monarchy a very powerful monarchy with a very large empire i would say at the time that takes guts and that takes courage so you need to say if you have not read the constitution of the united states or if you not if you have not read the bill of rights or basically all the different amendments that we have you need to read those oh oh and also read the federalist papers those are fascinating Very fascinating. But anyway, let's get back to God's holy word. It says, "Let us break their bands on sunder and cast away their cords from us." This is what the rulers are saying against the Lord. Then it talks about God. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. So, if you think that evil people get away with what they do, you are so wrong. God loves you. He protects you. He defends you, and He honors you. Because if God be for you, who dare be against you? So nothing goes unnoticed by God. Absolutely nothing. He sees everything, and I'm thankful for that. And it says, "Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure." Like, can you imagine this being read back in Great Britain, like back in old English days? I can only imagine what the citizens of England thought. Whenever they had a tyrannical monarchy like for example King Henry VIII and hearing that the Lord will will speak to these bad people in his wrath and vex them King Henry VIII was not always a happy person that's probably why he had a couple or I can't remember how many wives he had that that he had uh, murdered or executed uh, one of them he divorced if i remember correctly i think it was his first wife i think she was a spaniard um but What's so interesting about the King James version is that it's it's a version of the Bible that would have been read to every citizen of the United Kingdom, which is Great Britain, that attended church, which back then almost everybody had to attend church. It was just how it was. Like you you attended church. It was not 
um always an option it was like this is what you do because it's it's the it's the religion of the land see what a lot of people don't know is that way 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 back in the day over in europe whatever religion or theology your monarchy practiced or believed in that's what all the people all the citizens all the subjects of that realm or empire had to practice that's why sometimes especially in Europe and the UK that's why sometimes you had people that were catholic and then sometimes they were forced to be protestant based on who was ruling over them so some people had to change religions not because they wanted to but because they had to very interesting there goes on to say yet have i set my king upon my holy hill zion so what's interesting is that this psalm is talking about basically monarchies kings and queens and counselors that go against god but it's god that sets his king upon his holy hill of zion so god is in control at all times even if it doesn't seem like it he is in control and god will take care of it goes on to say i will declare the decree the lord hath said unto me thou art my son this day have i begotten thee ask of me and i will give thee the the heathen for thy inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession so what i love about that last verse verse 8 is that god is saying ask me anything i will help you basically there's nothing too big for god like there's nothing too impossible for him give him a chance to help you and what i mean by that is let him help you One of the biggest mistakes that we make as human beings is is we push God away as opposed to allowing him into our life because we think oh if I if I allow God into my life my life's not going to be fun anymore. It's just the opposite. When you allow God into your life, not only do you have fun, but you have joy. You have joy, you have peace, and, and you have a a holy joy about you. Like just this it, it's not perverted. So so you don't have to be worried about breaking any of the commandments because it's it's a good way to have pleasure as opposed to doing things you're not supposed to do. Goes on to say be wise now therefore O you kings be instructed ye judges of the earth. So this is very telling here and we will eventually read through proverbs because in the book of wisdom because you know God is very specific when he holds he holds everybody accountable for what they do and what they don't do especially when they are supposed to be holy but god really holds kings and judges extremely accountable for what they do or don't do that they are supposed to do because kings queens and judges they're in a in a position of leadership and whenever you are a leader whether it's in a church or in a government position or just at a job whatever the case may be the higher up you are the greater the responsibility to be your best at all times even when you fail be your best god knows we're not perfect but just because we're not perfect that doesn't mean oh i'm not perfect so it doesn't matter wink wink it does It's in our imperfection that we should be seeking perfection, but that perfection is not in the human realm, 
It's in the supernatural realm because we worship the God of Abraham. That that is the difference between the world saying, "Oh, it doesn't matter, just be inclusive." as opposed to what God says where he says it does matter and you need to be exclusively mine because you are my children. That's what this is talking about. Goes on to say serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Now when it says serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling that doesn't mean oh Lord I'm not worthy I'm just a worm. Oh Lord don't strike me down. You know the kind of that stupid um false humility within Christianity. Oh Lord, I'm not worthy. Really? I don't think so. You are worthy because you're made in his image. Like whenever you say you're not worthy, you're actually slapping God across the face with your words. So it talks about serve the Lord with fear. It means not that you fear God and that you think God is hateful or horrible or evil. It means that you don't ever want to be separated from him. You don't ever want to lose his hedge of protection around you. That's what that is talking about. And when it says and rejoice with trembling, what that's talking about is like I can think for example, whenever God has just surprised me with a blessing, God is always good to me, but there are times it's just so miraculous that that I just shake, I just tremble and I'm rejoicing. I'm not trembling because I'm scared. I'm trembling because I'm just like, wow, this is so amazing. This is so miraculous. This is this is so loving. I mean, that's that is the glory of God. We see the enemy, he wants us to think that oh, we're we're lower than dirt and that's how we should worship God. No. And unfortunately, the Christian faith especially via the Catholic Church and sometimes the Church of England and I I would also say Episcopalians and Baptists and Church of Christ and hmm there's another one that that's not that good I would say Methodist um they kind of have this um th- this negative thinking about being human well god might help you then he might not well are we called to doubt god No. We're not called to doubt our heavenly father. So when you ask for help, you should know in your heart and in your soul and in your mind that when you ask for help, God will do it. And God will honor you in your request. Let's say for example, you're you're broke and you're like, "Lord, I want a Lamborghini." That's great. Lift up a prayer like that. But let me tell you, The odds of you getting a Lamborghini like right out of the gate. I don't know what the odds are, but they're probably not that great. Here's why. God is not going to tempt you with something ever. Ever. And here's the thing, if he gives you a Lamborghini and you're poor, how are you going to be able to pay for the car insurance? How are you going to be able to 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 afford the maintenance? So don't be surprised if God answers your prayer in a different way. I'm not saying that that you can't ask for a Lamborghini. I'm I'm not saying that at all. You should. You need to aim high. The last thing you want to do is, "Oh Lord, just just get me a used Honda from the 1980s. That's all I'm worth because I'm just a worm." No. No. 
That is a deplorable, disgusting prayer. The oh Lord, I'm not worthy. The whole brow beating, Bible belt, Bible thumper, just oh, it just disgusts me when people pray like that. It's just oh, it makes me grind my teeth. I hate it because it's like if you're going to ask for something, go big. It's not like God's going to tell you no. He just might get you something different, or he might get you something better. You know, how do you know that when you ask for a Lamborghini, let's say you're like, Lord, I want this black Lamborghini. Well, what if he's like, you know, what? I really want to bless this person. So not only are they going to get get a black Lamborghini, I'm going to get them 13 Lamborghinis, so 14 total. Why not have one in all these different colors? Not only that. I'm going to buy them a parking garage so that way they can park their Lamborghinis there. Have their own private parking garage. Not only that, I'm going to get them a mansion so they can they can park one of their Lamborghinis every night in their driveway. Not only that, I'm going to get them an amazing job where they make like 15 billion dollars a year. See, that's the mind of Christ. Go big. Go for blessing, go for favor. Don't ever think, well, I'm not worthy. I'm just falling from grace. You know, uh, you know, my ancestors, Adam and Eve, they got kicked out of the Garden of Eden. They did get kicked out of the garden, but God still blessed them. If God had not blessed Adam and Eve, um, we wouldn't be here. So I really can't stand it when people go, well, you know, we live in a fallen world. So you know, considering that that we live in a fallen world, you can't really expect much good. Well, you know, do you really want to sound like a stupid hick all day? Stupid hick syndrome will never lead you to a blessed, prosperous life. It's not godly. And if you sound like a stupid hick, I'm not insulting you. I'm talking about the mindset. What is your mindset? Did Jesus ever say, "Oh, don't expect much from my dad. He's going to remember everything you did and he's going to throw it back in your face." No, Jesus never said that. So, why some Christians and some of these Christian churches and denominations thinks it's it's their job To shame and blame and to discourage people just makes no sense to me. None, because the Bible is not here to discourage us; it's to give us courage, especially in the face of adversity. There is a difference there, big difference. The last verse says, "Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little." I love this last part. Blessed or blessed. Are all they that put their trust in Him? So, when you put your trust in God, you will never be shamed. When you put your trust in God, you will never be blamed. When you put your trust in God, you will never be shunned. When you put your trust in God, you will never be made to feel like a fool. You you will never be humiliated by God. But by, by the world, yes, they will do everything you they will do everything they can to mock and humiliate Jews. or Jewish Christians or Christians. That's why you can't go along with what the world says to do. The world is notoriously wrong in so many ways, notoriously wrong. 
The world will tell you, oh, we should just be inclusive and just accept everybody for who they are. Let me tell you something. That's not God's way. God is exclusive. God is a serious relationship individual. He's not one of these um dingling chicks that I see that are feminist online, especially the the younger ones like in their late teens, early 20s. Um God is very specific. He's not generic. He has no hatred towards people. He hates sin, but he loves the sinner. And and God does not just go, "Oh, just live and let live." I can't stand some of these stupid phrases. Like live and let live, really? Um does that include serial killers or rapists or pedophiles? Oh, just live and let live. Oh, we should be inclusive. Yo, you know, we should never send them to jail. They should never be held accountable. I mean, if they're an addict or if they have a, if they have a mental disorder, um then it's not really right to hurt their feelings and to send them to prison. Really? See, that's the stupidity of inclusivism. I've said this before. Whatever you tolerate is what you allow to contaminate. And if you're allowing this stuff to happen and you don't care, what does that say about you and your mentality and your ethics and your morals and your values? Cuz you pretty much don't have any if you're tolerant or inclusive. All I know is that pretty much every person I've ever met that claims to be tolerant or inclusive it's like they have no morals or values or ethics at all. I'm like, man, they are the last person if they're a man that I would ever date or that I would ever marry or have children with because they would probably commit adultery and not care. And also, these are people that I would never do business with because you you can't believe anything that comes out of their mouth. Because they're they kind of practice what I call the outback steakhouse syndrome, no rules just right. Really for who? the victim or the oppressor God doesn't say no rules just right the devil does you know the, the devil loves to lie that's all he can do oh there's no rules and it's always right it's always right just do what you want don't be fussy don't be a square don't be religious don't be holy don't be a christian don't be a jew don't be a jewish christian don't have morals and values Don't save yourself for your wife, don't save yourself for your husband. Don't don't be a good example for your children. Don't be honest with your employer. Be dishonest. They don't need to know what's going on. Like you, you know, seriously folks, what do you stand for? And what are you putting your trust in? I guarantee you these crazy nutbag feminists and also the these crazy younger guys excuse me that are all for abortion that none of them are putting their trust in God because when you put your trust in God you're not going to trust a broken system you're going to question it and you're going to want to fix it see this is very interesting here because God is saying put your trust in me not in your agendas not in your opinions 
not in your politics, but put your trust in me. And that doesn't mean that that you don't have a government or that you don't have an opinion or you don't have, that you don't have politics. But when you put your trust in God, everything else falls into place. But if but but if you don't put your trust in God, nothing will fall into place. Nothing. And that's where a lot of people get angry and frustrated. They they think that what they're trusting is right, especially when it's not God. Because there's so many people that are anti-religion and I get it. Like I I don't like religion either. But I believe in God because God is not religion, he's my heavenly father. Like I don't live a religious life, I live a holy life. There's a big difference there. Religion was and still is being invented by man. God did not invent religion. All God ever said was believe in me and trust in me and I will help you. God didn't think up Catholicism or the Baptist church. He didn't he didn't create the Church of Christ, he didn't create Methodists, he didn't create Episcopalians like God did not create all this division. That's actually the furthest thing he he would have ever wanted. God loves unity for his children. God is a unifier. The devil is the one that causes division. Big time. Because the devil knows that if he can cause division, he can cause people to get angry and not trust each other and dislike each other. And he will intensify that. Why do you think like for example in the first verse it says why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing like who do you think would want you to be enraged god or the devil that should be an easy answer the devil god doesn't want you to be enraged he want you he wants you to have peace he wants you to trust him and to know him and to believe in him But if all you know is anger and hate and rage and bitterness and you know all this stupid commentary on the news I mean if you want to have high blood pressure just watch any news station it's ridiculous Like I remember when Trump was running against Biden is either the first or second debate was just hell I mean I couldn't stand it I couldn't even watch it it was so brutal It was just so ungentlemanlike on on both of their parts. But I just thought, you know, I don't even have issues with blood pressure, but I just felt increasingly uncomfortable in my chest the longer I watched that debate. I was like, I'm not watching it anymore and I left the room. It's not worth my time, it's not worth my energy. It it's just not worth it. You need to learn to protect your heart. And the way that you protect your heart is you put your trust in God. That's how you protect your heart. And when you protect your heart, you protect your soul, you protect your mind and you protect your life. You also protect your wife, you protect your husband, you protect your children. Also, you you're technically protecting your country when you when you put your trust in God. So be mindful of where you're putting your trust and how you're doing that. Lifting, I'll close this. Lifting up these wimpy whiny prayers is not trust, it's distrust. 
So it's no wonder your prayers are not being answered and the answers that you get are lousy. If you lift up lousy prayers, guess what? Lousy answers are what you're going to get, but it's not from God, it's from the evil one. When you lift up these sorry prayers that question God and 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 you think that God's just out to get you or something, you're asking for trouble. Because the devil knows that if you're expecting bad things to happen to you, when bad things do happen to you, he knows that you won't blame him, you will blame God. So in other words, we are supposed to put our trust in God, not in the devil. So whenever you are fearful or doubtful or discouraged, you you are putting your trust in the devil, you're not trusting God, and that probably sounds like a very strong statement, but it's true. It's true. If you give in to fear, if you give in to negativity, where are you putting your trust? Where are you putting your faith? Who and what are you believing in? Are you believing in CNN, MSNBC, Fox News? I mean, are are you believing in 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 the malarkey of Twitter and the YouTube comments out there that can be really hateful? What are you believing in? Believe in the goodness of God and put your trust in him. That's how you can be blessed and protected always and all the days of your life. I will go ahead and end it there for this podcast, but as usual until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye. Task.